Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hockey Canada. Terrible year for Hockey Canada. But a necessary year where we found out things that none of us suspected. None of us would have suspected what we found out about what was going on inside Hockey Canada. And we can go through the through the list, but you know what I'm talking about. I just want to read you this. This is um, from Global News. This is today. Hockey Canada's provincial and territorial members will vote today on whether to approve a slate of nominees to fill the organization's nine vacancies on its board of directors. Hugh L. Fraser, a retired judge with nearly three decades of experience at the Ontario Court of Justice, is the nominee for board chair. Former women's national team captain Cassie Campbell-Pascal has been put forward to fill one of the other eight seats. Hockey Canada's previous board stepped down in October amid blistering criticism related to the scandal-plagued federation's past handling of sexual assault allegations and hushed payouts to victims. So, uh, well, you know, we're doing a year-ender. We're talking about the, uh, the, the the massive stories, the events that affected us all in 2022. We're doing it today, and then we'll do it again tomorrow. So uh, I, I was fortunate to be able to reach out to Alison Forsyth again today uh, from ITP Sport, and um, they're a safe sports um, organization. They consult with major sports organizations in this country, and more and more we're finding out how important this is. Allison, of course, a multiple Canadian skiing champion, represented uh, Canada at the Olympic Games, and was herself sexually assaulted by the former national ski team coach, after which Alpine Canada requested that Allison not reveal publicly what had taken place because it could hurt their sponsorships. Good God. Allison, each time I say that, each time I think about it, I think, where the hell are these people's priorities? <laughs> yes, I understand why you would say that. Really, uh, I think, yeah, the reality is, um, you know, this hopefully, obvi- and hopefully, obviously now we're stepping and I have seen over the last couple months, even a real shift in organizations, Roy, which is the good news story of the day. Um, the shift being we I think I mentioned this to you, but I used to have to go in and pitch our services for independent complaint management. And now the shift we're seeing, gratefully, is organizations understanding the necessity of not managing their own complaints based on their lack of expertise and ingrained biases. So that's good news. There's a shift happening towards the understanding um, of the need to use experts and have a lot of separation between the organization and these types of complaints. Yeah. I have to ask this question. Are they doing it because they didn't know or they suspect that they need to do it to keep their organization where they want it to be? Or are they doing it or some doing it because they feel pressured to do it? I mean, that's, to me, it's about motivation. Yeah, of course. I mean, that's a great question. I think that, um, honestly, I can only speak to the organizations that we're engaged with. Um, it's, 
you know, Safe Sport is a new body of work. You know, our company started only two and a half years ago to take on this issue across the country. We're the only company um, that does this. So I think a lot of it is awareness and understanding what it looks like to not be an expert in this field. And I think that the issues with Hockey Canada definitely highlighted that. Um, and I think there is always going to be a piece of humans that say, well, I'm a little terrified now that I might be one of those people that have to walk into that parliamentary hearing. However, I don't think they're saying that because they you know, were intentionally trying to do bad things. Um, I think that inherently when we manage an organization, you know, we want we want to keep um, control of what that organization does and relinquishing control can be hard for people. So I'm empathetic to that. Um, and I think really the organizations are starting to recognize what safe sport expertise really is and why they do not have it. Um, and, and the bottom line is I have yet to see on anyone's job description, you know, you're the accountant plus we may have you on a hearing panel to decide if someone was abused or not. So we've also put complaint management in the hands of people even internally where that should never have been their responsibility or their accountability. Um, and I, I feel like we're putting people in a, a pretty bad position of their own conscience at that point. Yeah. Can we talk about the sorts of situations uh, that, that you would encounter or that you would raise or that you would counsel on at ITP when you worked with a national or a provincial sports body? We know about the, uh, the, you know, the payouts that Hockey Canada was secretly doing, the slush funds that went on. And I said funds, not fund. Initially, we thought it was one. Then we found out there's more. And, uh, and the resistance they put up to, uh, to really significant change it was only continued and insistent public pressure augmented by uh, the government pushing them as well that caused them, created the, the, the situation that they find themselves in now. And that's let's rebuild. Let's build it better. Let's get the confidence of the, of the people back. Let's have parents not worry about what's happening to their kids. What sorts of situations are we talking about that you counsel about? Yeah, so Roy, it's 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 a lot. Um, and again, I don't want to, you know, I feel like I've I've picked on hockey a lot lately, but it is a very poignant culture. Probably what I would believe the most dramatic shift is needed in the sports. You know, we work with over thirty to forty sports in this country. So, Roy, the, the important thing that everyone needs to know is the forms of maltreatment that we deal with are bullying, hazing, psychological abuse, physical abuse, sexual abuse, discrimination, and harassment. And on the other side of that, Roy, as you know, is um, referee abuse, officials abuse, abuse by parents towards both of the, 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 the previous groups I mentioned. So it's, it's a lot. Now, what I want to share is less than 5% of the cases we see are sexual in nature. Um, and I don't mean that's good news. Uh, I think it, it, it should show, our, you know, show your listeners that we deal a lot um, with the other forms of maltreatment. And the reality, Roy, when we're dealing with athletes of the current generation is you know, they're not always nice to each other either. And we do deal with a lot of bullying and hazing cases. With that, I'll share, I think it's very important that we look at this in two ways. Um, and then I'll give it back to you, of course. But we have predatorial behavior, which is a very bad person intending to come into an organization, grooming and doing horrific things. And then we have normalized behavior. So when you take a culture like hockey, there's many, many things, inclusive of profanities being thrown around, racial slurs, bullying, hazing. Um, there's many things that have been normalized in that culture. So we are starting the work now. And by we, I mean, I know Hockey Canada. I know a couple people they have hired who are great individuals. So that is also good news. We obviously welcome an opportunity, but this is going to be a long road. And I don't say that to scare people, but I am just grateful that hopefully now they'll recognize that the work needs to start. Let's talk about the... Uh 
the predatorial behavior, and that's been a major concern that where kids are present or where someone who can be um, uh, approached and, and groomed and, and abused uh, is present, these predators will seek out these environments. And really, I mean, that's – sorry to get personal here, but that's what you found yourself in with Alpine Canada. And your coach uh, did that repeatedly with, with uh, you and, and teammates. And then, they, uh, then Alpine Canada's concern was mostly, uh, well, please, Allison, don't say anything because it could hurt our, our, uh, our image and our, and our funding. So how, how do you weed out the predatory behavior? I guess the organization have to really uh, put in place – I hate answering my own question. You have to put in place a structural reality where these behaviors are identified before that person becomes entrenched in the organization. Absolutely. So to be clear, um, I don't I don't work on complaints in our company. Um, it's too triggering for me. And, and also from a conflict of interest standpoint, what I do is I do education and prevention. So what you're talking about here is grooming, which is critical. And everywhere I go, I speak about it. Four stages, favoritism, personal bond, isolation and complicity. Complicity being where they make the victim feel like it's their fault. Um, and those four stages are a recipe, Roy. And until I, I'll be frank, until I feel like I came on the scene and, and I've already lost my voice this week, as you can probably hear from the amount of education I've done, um, but we weren't talking about this. And when you have a coach, we'll use a coach as an example, um, and they are a predator and they have too much sole discretionary decision making, too much power, they basically can be puppeteers for this type of maltreatment because they're dealing with athletes that are incredibly vulnerable to that power, which was me. Um, and I'll say likely my teammates, I don't want to speak for them um, directly, but that's how I felt. Um, and I wanted to be this person's favorite. And I wanted this person to like me more than the other athletes because it made me feel like that's how I would make it to be the best in the world in my sport. So predators go after vulnerable people. And you never would have said to me, you know, back then I was one of the strongest, most assertive athletes in Canada um, and when my therapist actually said to me, Allison, you were incredibly vulnerable to this. I must mistook vulnerability for weakness. So we need to recognize that these children, and also I want to be clear that grooming and predatory behavior is age agnostic. So I don't want us to only think that this can happen to children. It very, very often can happen to adult athletes as well. And it's not always sexually sexual in nature. It can be psychological, physical as well. So these predators, they know what they're doing. They are also are incredibly charismatic. I always tell people to look for the last person you think it will be, likely someone who has been very successful, likely someone who's very charismatic. They do whatever they can do to groom and manipulate their environment for access to these people. So how I know about this is I speak actively to athletes every day about what it looks like to be active in the grooming process and how to help them get out of it before something horrendous occurs. So it's... Um, it, honestly, Roy, sometimes I feel like I'm on an island because it is incredibly complex. And one thing that's just come up for me recently that I need to dig in on on behalf of all of us is how are we investigating grooming? Because it's so nuanced in nature, it often doesn't have a lot of evidence. And if we really want to stop these predators before horrendous acts occur, we need to figure out how do we catch them in this process? How do we sanction them, take away every right they have? Obviously, likely it could be criminal in nature as well. 
but I'm, I'm starting to get a little nervous that we don't have the skills in our investigators to really catch this. So that's the next thing that I really want to dig in and help investigate, um, educate on. Yeah. When you talk about being about yourself being a very determined athlete, you don't you don't become the eight time Canadian champion, and for ten years ranked in the top fifteen skiers in the world, and be an Olympic competitor without having that self assurance and and, uh, and and confidence. And when the predators are able to break down that level of self assurance and confidence, and you describe what what your situation was, that speaks to how insidious and how dangerous this reality is. Allison, how do people, how do sports organizations best get in touch with, uh, with ITP? So we are at uh, www.itpsport.ca. Um, if you want to speak to me directly, I'm very communicative. Um, I really love hearing from people. So Allison Forsyth, comma, O-L-Y on LinkedIn is your best bet to, to send me a, a message there. But um, we have to be smart now, Roy, and I will always say sport is still a beautiful place. And predators exist wherever your children are. So yeah. I don't want this to deter parents from sport. I have my kids in sport. We just need to be more aware. We need to be smarter, and we need to know what we're looking for. Allison Forsyth from itpsport.ca. Uh, Allison, uh, on LinkedIn, what, what is it again for you? Just my name, Allison Forsyth, A-L-L-I-S-O-N-F-O-R-S-Y-T-H, then comma, O-L-Y. Okay. Now, when it comes to the issue of, let's get right down to the, we have two minutes here, get down to the ground level where the kids compete. Mm-hmm. Hazing, bullying, as I said, it was always part of, of the equation. I experienced it. I grew up with it. We just thought this is the way it is. This is the way it's done. You got to take the towel, right? And it's just the way it is. It's not, is it? No, it's a a perfect example of what we call cultural normalization or cultural conditioning, where, you know, I I have, I will say, the privilege of educating athletes about hazing and bullying. And also I deal with education of athletes who have been sanctioned from those with those um, two forms of maltreatment. And, And Roy, the sad thing for me is many, many times, if not always, these athletes will say, well, Allison, we just didn't know it was wrong because the same thing happened to me four years ago or this has always happened here. So to your point, if you ever hear, well, that's just blank, enter that sport, that's a red flag, right? And since hazing is, since people start to realize what I work in, I hear, you know, horror stories of, you know, young young boys and young men coming through the hockey ranks, and I'm sure young women as well, um, with these ritualistic initiations. At the basis of all of this, though, I'll, I'll say that it comes from that, you know, toughen up mentality of sport where you have to earn your keep, where you have to prove yourself. Um, and so all of it gets wrapped up in that, including the beratement and the, you know, the ab- much of the abuse we see is based on that, what I will just describe as old school mentality of how to get the most out of your assets. Okay. So that's, um, that's something that needs to shift. If you want to hear more, subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend.